0: The In Conversation podcast series with author
1: Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. Podcast. Please like the podcast Podcast. and subscribe to this channel. Thank you. Have you
0: experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again?
1: get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode is an author, certified life coach, and also a soulmate coach, Jean Sullivan Balecci. Hi Jean, welcome to my podcast series. How are you?
0: I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Nigel. You're
1: very welcome. So where do you live at the moment?
0: I'm living in West Cork, Ireland. Fabulous place, but like you, I'm in lockdown.
1: As many of us are. So did you grow up there?
0: (laughs) No, you're very perceptive. I have an American accent. Indeed you (laughs) do. I do. I grew up in New York and until two years ago, I lived in California in the San Francisco Bay Area. And then I I became an Irish citizen through my grandfather and moved here two years ago.
1: So you mentioned New York. So... What was your childhood like in New York then? You know, I'm very grateful
0: to be from New York, even though a lot of times when I've traveled, uh, there seems to be a very negative perception of of New Yorkers. But I'm very proud to be from there because it introduced me at a very early age to diversity, different viewpoints, arts and culture. You know, a lot of things that I I definitely don't take for granted now that, that we're in lockdown you know, things that we don't have as much access to. But I feel like it opened my mind a lot in a way that as I traveled to certain other parts of the country, the U.S., maybe people weren't as tolerant (laughs) as they were in, in New York.
1: So I understand you're a certified life coach and also a soulmate coach. So what made you decide to become involved in that area of work?
0: So I became a life coach. I was seeing a life coach, I still am, of course, but she had been trying to tell me that I seemed to be a natural life coach. you know, I was doing it at work <laughs> with everyone. and um, but I didn't have the uh, the guts to just go for it until a few years ago. And the reason I specialize more in dating and relationships is I've always been extremely fascinated. By the psychology of relationships, but also law of attraction and why law of attraction seems to work for some people and not for others. And then I learned a lot about, through my own personal journey of breaking up from an unhealthy relationship and going on, as you call in your book, uh, process of self-discovery, I learned that I had a lot of growing up to do. And through that whole process, uh, I did this massive transformation and Figured out how I was approaching dating incorrectly. And the minute I made that change, my husband literally arrived the very next day.
1: So, are you saying that your previous experiences kind of pushed you in the direction to do what you do now?
0: Definitely. I think, as we were talking about earlier, you know, sometimes it's uh, the people who have all these emotional wounds and traumatic pasts that really can inspire people when we've been able to overcome them and it can really help other people see, well, if she can do it, so can I. And so many people, I was originally doing career coaching, (laughs) believe it or not, but throughout every career coaching experience, relationships and dating would often come up. And it seemed like people would get, you know, so much hope from my story about that quick transformation that I started to pay more attention to it. And I also realized, I get a lot more joy out of this than I do about the career coaching. And I wanted to follow
1: that excitement. So what does being a soulmate coach involve it?
0: So the premise of my book, um, it's called Be the Soulmate You Want to Attract. And to me, it's a law of attraction premise where if you want to attract someone who's better for you, rather than continuing to attract people who are bad for you, then you need to do some, as you called in your book, you know, the, a process of self-discovery. You need to, what I call, step into your sovereignty, uh, start to become the better version of yourself, release resistance, release negative patterns, embrace a more healthy, positive vision for yourself, and that, then you can expect to attract
1: somebody better in your life. So, Jean, how do you help and support your clients find the soulmate of their dreams?
0: Well, first of all, I should clarify that when I say soulmate, I don't mean a, a perfect relationship. You know, no one is perfect. We're all evolving and growing. And I believe we have many potential soulmate relationships, not only from, you know, friendships and, and you know, platonic relationships, but also, you know, romantic I believe soulmates are people who are compatible with us, but not always in harmonious ways. Sometimes they're compatible in just the right way to give us the contrast we need to get onto a better path, if that makes sense. And how I serve clients is I, I first of all, find out if they are really already ready for a relationship sometimes they like the idea of it but they really don't want to allow that in so we start looking at what the resistance is the willingness is what the patterns are and releasing those and that's a process through you know exercises uh guided visualizations meditations all sorts of things and then a lot of times the clients who tend to seek me out tend to lack confidence So one of the ways I help them with confidence is I help them tap into a powerful alter ego. And when I say alter ego, I just really mean that part of themselves, that powerful, empowered part of themselves. It's always been there, but either through trauma of growing up or just being told they're not good enough or they're too much, they've kind of suppressed that part of themselves. And so I help them tap into what that looks like. For me, it's a drag queen persona. You know, when I need confidence and I want to go on stage, you know, for some people, it's a superhero, it's a diva, whatever it is, I help them to bring that part of themselves out so that they can live out loud and be a happier person and not put so much judgment on themselves and to be more authentic. So they can attract people who really enjoy that, you know, somebody who really appreciates that, that authenticity.
1: Well, I'm curious, how does a person engage their alter ego?
0: So first of all, we identify what it is. What are the parts of your personality that you're kind of hiding or masking because you're afraid people will see it or judge you for it? And just to bring it out, fly your your freak flag. And then you could bring it up in certain ways. You know, Beyonce has an alter ego, Sasha Fierce. So when Beyonce, before she was famous, she used to get horrific stage fright. And she created this alter ego that was really a part of her nature deep down, you know, I called her Sasha, Sasha Fierce. And then she would call on Sasha Fierce before she went on stage and she would feel more confident. I guess you could say, fake it till you make it kind of a thing. So when I uh, use my persona, I do it when I'm going out onto stage. The time I was a little child, I was... Deathly afraid of being visible, being up front in front of a large group of people, I would shake, my my voice would shake also. And when I channel that part of myself, that flamboyant, larger than life part of myself, I go out there, I tap into that. And it feels much, much better. And I, I always perform better too, more like myself. Does that make sense?
1: It does to an extent. I just wonder Is it a thin line between playing out an alter ego and being your natural self?
0: That's an excellent question. And and when I say alter ego, I really mean who you really are underneath the masks you wear. It's really not play acting. So sometimes I, I come across clients who are reserved, but as I observe them, I could see this playful side coming out or another part of their nature that they just kind of suppress. Mm. And then through talking, we bring it out and we start to play with things like, how do they normally, how would they really like to dress? But they, you know, sometimes they'll be dressed very conservatively and it'll come out in conversation that they want to dress up. So I invite them to dress up and start embracing their natural side that sometimes, somehow over time they had uh, learned was too much or inappropriate. And when I say Going on a date and embracing your alter ego, I just mean really being 100% yourself and being brave to put yourself out there completely so that the right people who really appreciate your authentic self will see you.
1: Well, that makes a lot of sense to me now when you consider many people are walking around wearing a mask. And sometimes, unfortunately, we can fall in love with the mask and then find out what's underneath is not as nice as we first thought. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of your client base, who do you help?
0: I help men and women. It's it's really interesting. I, I particularly attract midlifers. And I think it's because of my story. I attracted my husband. I was considered... By many, a confirmed spinster I had three strikes against me. I was in my mid forties. I was um, I was twenty three stone, and I had the dreaded female strong personality, <laughs> which everybody says is the kiss of death. So a lot of you know people buy into that that kind of a mindset, and I decided I'm going to change my mind about what's possible for me. You know, here I was having all these strikes against me, and because I decided not to buy into all that stuff, all those midlife dating myths, you know, a lot of people, as you said in your, your book, the good ones are not all taken. That's all a myth. And just to let those midlife dating myths go, and then you could be as successful as I was. I was doing better with online dating, even with all those supposed strikes against me than a lot of my friends. And they were surprised by that. But a lot of times people found that very inspiring.
1: So after you've built up one of your clients' confidence to get back out there into the dating world, what do you encourage them to look for in terms of potential partners? I'm really glad you asked that. So
0: for I help them once they release their resistance, I help them clarify what is it that's really best for them and not to come at it with a long, long laundry list of wants But to really think about and clarify what are the most essential things they must have in a relationship to be healthy and to thrive? And what are the things that they absolutely cannot tolerate? I help them with protecting their boundaries around that. I also teach them not to look for the big spark, the big physical chemistry that hollywood notion of the meat cute which is just a fantasy and mm-hmm. i encourage them to really look for the person who you feel instantly comfortable with you feel authentic with you're not posing you're not wearing a mask that's how i felt when i met my my husband and because of my training i knew not to be disappointed that I didn't feel that big excitement. I didn't feel those butterflies because I understood that's actually something probably to run from. <laughs> so I really helped them to be more successful in that way is to manage their expectations and to look for the person who can accept them as they are and as they are now. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I have to lose weight, for example, or I have to do this before I can meet someone. The right person is going to be attracted to you anyway, as you are right now, as long as you love yourself.
1: Well, self-love is very important, which is not to be confused with arrogance. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. So, Jean, what other interests do you have?
0: Well, uh, I enjoy hiking very much. It's one of the reasons I'm in love with Ireland. I find the land here very, very inspiring. I love animals. I have found lockdown hasn't actually been too tough on me <laughs> because I live in a really beautiful place and I'm surrounded by animals. Uh, we just adopted a, a, a puppy, a basset hound puppy. Uh, really enjoying that. I enjoy reading. I obviously enjoy psychology and all I love learning new coaching tools and and uh, relationship tools I'm a geek about those things I love good food obviously I had a lifelong issue around food but I really enjoy I think I enjoy it now more that it's not an
1: obsession it's just something to enjoy and what are your plans for the future what's on your bucket list
0: My bucket list is uh, when COVID is finally over, hopefully, I would really love to see people in person again um, at events and workshops. I would really love to reconnect with people in person and do a lot more uh, group events. I really enjoy group coaching. I overcame my fear of public speaking. So now I actually really enjoy it. I kind of miss that. I mean, Zoom is a wonderful gift. Nothing replaces being in someone's energy. So Jean,
1: how can people contact you?
0: Well, um, they can reach me on uh, social media, on Facebook and on Instagram. My handle is at my soulmate coach and my website is mysoulmatecoach.com. Just reach out to me. There's information on events, my book, contact me uh, information. There'll also be, um, you know, sign up. You can just provide your email and I'll keep people posted on anything coming up, special offers and whatnot.
1: Well, Jean, in Northern Ireland, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. Thank
0: you very much, Nigel. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) The podcast series hosted by author Nigel Beckles, featuring discussions with award-winning authors, therapists, coaches, musicians, Plus, individuals with intriguing stories to share, available on all major podcast platforms. Now. now, 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 Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. Another In Conversation podcast coming soon.